people think about the month of August, they think about the last month of summer. For us guys here at St. Thomas, we know it's the start of football camp. It comes around the middle of August, and it starts our journey, starts our process. People always wonder, what is camp? And let me tell you, we got a lot of things about camp. Two things I'll start out with. There are two rules about St. Thomas football camp. You must run and be thoughtful. In addition to that, you must be a missile. You must absolutely be a thoroughbred. Football camp is always about external rotation. That's it. But most importantly, this team, this journey, this process, it's all about pride and passion. September 4th rolls on. We got Labor Day, another opportunity to work. Podcasters, back at it, just looking for opportunities. Uh, yeah, welcome to be here. Um, just to mention, uh, Labor Day is a, a day off from work. However, we didn't take the day off. We are working. This is an op- another day, another opportunity, like Andrew said. Um, so let, let's get after it. It's, uh, it. it's our Camp Diaries episode. Um, one thing to get into is uh, our verbal handshakes uh, that we make with everyone uh, on the back pocket. Uh, a big issue, or, or uh, I guess let's let's just get into it. Our, the art and cr- the art and the fine craft that are, is verbal handshake. So yeah, we delivered a verbal handshake, um, which means we're just going to give you uh, a confirmation of something that we might do in the future. And uh, one of those things was a camp diaries. We were going to do maybe two or three per week, interviewing random campees at football camp. Uh, but we did not follow through with that at all. We were kind of tired at the end of the day and just kind of wanted to sit down and zone out and not think about doing anything. So we failed on that end, but, but we, we're here today. Yeah, and uh, we hope you understand because uh, we're going to deliver a uh, fantastic episode for you here. Um, we have a few special guests. We had uh, Jackson Lynn and Gavin Dewalter, uh, some hogs from the, de- from the offensive line. And then we also had uh, Matt Mitchell, uh, who is a Chicago guy. Uh, on our team, who's a linebacker and uh, now, now D line, um, and then uh, last but not least, uh, the guy who is sitting in today doing uh, the podcast with us, uh, special friend of the program, Jack Duber. Howdy! How are you? <laughs> Freaking fantastic! I tell you what, it's a beautiful day in St. Paul. Glad to be here in the den. Awesome, absolutely. Uh, good to know. Well, thank you for being here, Jack. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, so let's get after it. I think we need to touch on a major catastrophic event that happened during camp that wasn't on the football field. So we come back to the Washington Capitol um, every night, and we usually maybe watch Game of Thrones or just sit there, sit there and watch maybe Last Chance You, just uh-huh. kind of just veg and get our minds off of anything yeah. that too stressful. Yeah. So when you're doing football for 12 hours a day, um, you really the on the 13th hour when you get time off and time off for the rest of the night. Uh, the last thing you want to do is uh, more football stuff, or you just want to do something that's going to get you get your mind off of, off of football. So we came back here, and uh, we just basically did mindless activities uh, for two weeks. Yeah, and during one of those nights, we had the all the lights were off. We were watching Game of Thrones. It was Sunday night at like ten o'clock at night, and uh, we have a little cor- a little the ceiling corner of, of the upstairs floor. Yeah has these pipes, and there was, like, a little hole around these pipes that we didn't notice. But then all of a sudden, Dex, like, saw something over there, but didn't really think anything of it. But, like, something was moving in that corner. And then, boom, it swoops down right over Deck and I's head, and it's a bat. Yeah, so um, none of us really see it because the lights are off. We're focused in on 
uh, the second to last episode of season seven Game of Thrones. So you know we're locked in. We're it's just absolutely enjoying every moment. Um, sitting there, and then all of a sudden, this bat, just huge bat, just swoops down right in front of us. There's six of us in the room, you know, decently uh, average and average-looking football players. Uh, you know, we like to think we're somewhat tough, and uh, I've never seen uh, six men scramble into one corner and scream uh, in in the way we did. I think it was more, it was it wasn't a scream of fear; it was more of a scream of like. Let's pause Game of Thrones because there's a dragon in our house. Oh, so that was you though. I, oh, that was, everyone, that was just everyone's me. looking for coverage, yeah. and everyone's trying drag. to yeah. trying to get their senses together as this baddest uh, roaming around Lorch was terrified, um, which we, we'll get at. Uh, we'll okay. touch on that. Um, but yeah, Andrew is yelling, "Pause! Pause the show! Pause! Pause Game of Thrones!" As this bat's flying, around. I'm like, "Dude, we can we can pause it later. We gotta we, we got a bat in the room. We we gotta take cover." But you know, Andrew's main concern was making sure that. Our progress was stopped um, prior to the bat. So, at any point, did you think it was like a small dragon? Because your mind is in like Game of Thrones mindset. Yeah, like, it, it was a it was a major dragon scene in Game of Thrones, yeah. and this thing swoops down during that, and I was like, so it was like a three D movie, three D movie, hundred like yeah. SpongeBob, like water squirting out, like mm, that type of not stuff. good, not good, not good. And I was like, oh my god, this bat is about to breathe fire on me, and we hit the deck, pillows mm. above our head, and. Uh, then Mark, who wasn't home at the time, thought we were well, was walking up the steps and thought we were all screaming about Game of Thrones. Comes in, flips the light on, the bat swoops right by his eyes, and then we just see Mark like dive take, on the take couch. like a ten foot jump onto the couch, rolling on top of us. And we're like, Mark, take cover, fucking bat! <laughs> and we were just panicky, and Mark was all like, "What's going on?" And then we ended up forcing it into the Washington Capitol, which is a separate room on the upstairs floor, closing the door. And then getting our t- our pans and stuff ready to go kill the bat. Yeah, and um, that and that's when uh, when we like to uh, let this be known to you, Jack. Uh, we didn't let you know earlier, um, but uh, so that once the bat was in here, it actually dug a hole in the ceiling right there oh where my. this bad podcasting. Yeah, that's a hole. See that duct tape oh. and the black duct tape were in that corner. Yeah. That's where the bat dug himself out. Yeah, and trapped so, him in this room, and yeah. we were gonna open it and then shoot him out through a window or kill him or try to do something. Yeah, and when we opened it, it was gone, and we saw this hole in the top. That corner. for sure yeah. was not a. That's a little dragon. Yeah, so he had the, fire the bat to make a hole. Well, to fire. be honest yep. with you, yeah. the bat still might be in here. Uh, might just be above the ceiling and below the shingles in the roof. Tuning in. Yeah, t- party, <laughs> tuning yeah. in live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This bat. Um, so we don't know. We probably should have a name for it. But there's Alfred. A, Alfred. There's a good sure. backstory behind this bat. Yeah. Uh, so Lorch, who lived up here the whole summer by himself. An attic guy. Uh, an attic guy, but also no one was on the second floor of the duplex. Um, he's above the second floor. In the attic. Uh, in the attic, correct. And he, twice he came downstairs and he told Matt and I about this bat that he thought he saw during the middle of the night when he was going to fill up his water bottle or something. And... Me, being a confident person, thinking our house has pretty decent protection, was like, Lorch, you're just imagining something, you're half asleep, and you're like being paranoid, there's no bats, we don't have a bat in the house, and twice he comes to me, he's like, dude, we have bats, and I was like, no, you're, Lorch, you're, you're wrong. You're dreaming. You're dreaming. You're, you're wrong and you're dreaming. Yeah. Uh, this this whole bat thing is a complete myth, um, I don't care if you live in the attic and you think you, there's live creatures there. Um, it's it's not true, mm-hmm. and so we actually, you know, Lorch being the way he is, we actually convinced Lorch that there weren't any bats, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we kind of put that whole case to rest. I'd say 
Uh, and then it came back full force. And you, he's like a boy that cried wolf. Because I mean, many times I'd find him in the locker room, and he likes to edit his pictures to make things seem real, but they're really not. Yes. And he'd be like, "Hey, I've been dreaming of these bats." No, mm. it's plural. He th- he still thinks there's two, not just one little dragon. And he's just we convinced him that he was full of nonsense. And and to see the the satisfaction on that man's face when that bat swooped down and all of us were able to witness it, it actually brought joy to me to see that man was not in like a hyper realistic photographic state. Yeah, and he was actually being living the real life in yeah, in uh, yes. reality. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Well, uh, yeah. so Lorch is not a robot, is what we can. Yeah, gather from this. I guess so. Allegedly, but he is a bat guy. He's a huge bat guy. Um, well, yeah. So that's that. That was uh, something that uh, not so mindless activity during camp, um, but was uh, pretty ridiculous. I'd say. Um, should we transition to uh, looking forward? Yeah, let's talk about what we got for this upcoming year. Okay, school's about to start. Mm-hmm. And Two we, days. And we're going to throw out some more verbal verbal handshakes for our marketing interns. Yeah, mm. going to toss you guys a few bones here. So uh, looking forward, uh, next week uh, we're going to have uh, the CEO from Homey. Uh, his name's Phil, uh, and he's uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, he's going to be talking to us a little bit about his new company he started. Um, it's kind of like a LinkedIn, but more personal. Um uh, that's about all I know at this point. We're going to do our research here in a couple of days and figure that out. He's got a food uh, truck. Yep, food truck. Food uh, truck guy. We're going we're gonna to get that. A road we're coach. Gonna... Ever heard of that? No. No. It's the Chicago term for food truck. Oh, very right. cool. Right on. Something the Chicago guy should know. Hmm. I so should know that. coach guy. Thank you. You're welcome. More knowledgeable. Right. We're, we're going to have him on next week. I want to mention this is the first guest that we'll have that reached out to us. Yeah. So making, big, big, making big strides here at the wow. back pocket. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, Highly sought after now, I guess. Mm, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Um, then uh, we're going to have our second encounter with uh, President Sullivan. Uh, that, that's going to be later in the month of September, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking to also get the St. Thomas dance team. We're going to uh, be the very first podcast to fit um, an entire dance team in a podcast room. Um, so we're going to interview. That's going to go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to interview them. Uh, and then uh, we're looking to get uh, uh, Ricky from Marshall Liquor. We're gonna. Um, if, if anyone knows, Marshall Liquor is uh, the local local liquor store down the street. Um, Sadie Rick. Yeah, and yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna go and talk to him. Hopefully, get him on. And then uh, Doctor B, um, a football guy, and a meditation guy. Mm-hmm. We'll have him on in October. So I'm thinking. Make sure he brings his bell. Yeah, he's got to bring his bell. Nice so bell. one thing to mention about Doctor B is he came in probably two or three days into camp. And did, we did a little meditation practice for the freshmen who are not who are unfamiliar with what we learned last season. Um, and I honestly think during that meditation thing, during his little chimes, he hypnotized the whole football team, and we're all. That's why we ended up having nobody um, stop playing during camp. It was the first ever camp that no freshmen decided to stop playing to quit. To quit. Mm. Um, I think Dr. Brandel did a little hypnotism. Yep. Uh, that's a great. That's a good point. And I really like where your head's at on that, mm-hmm. um, which is a perfect transition, by the way. Um, just fantastic way work on our end. Um, so we're going to have to, uh, now that camp's over, now that we uh, kind of blew it on our end, uh, instead of documenting it during, we're going to have, uh, it, this is a reflection time uh, for Camp Diaries. Um, we have to evaluate the freshmen. The freshman class, uh, they just came in. Um, you know, we as uh, savvy vets, the three of us, um, we kind of have to take a look at the freshman class as a whole and uh, say how they do this camp. 
I would like to start off by asking Jack your your formal opinion on the freshman class. First, far- first impression also. First impression. Um, actually, this is probably the hardest time of the year for me emotionally. Um, I've, I feel for the kids that come in here and they're friendless, you know, essentially they have zero friends, most of them, a lot of people not coming from their high school. So you see kind of, I like to describe them as salmon. You guys ever had salmon? Yes. Mm-hmm. Good fish. Smoked? Yes, smoked, mm-hmm. blackened, however you like it. Um, they're kind of like salmon. They travel in packs and you see these packs of on average close to 10 to 12 freshmen kind of mm. meandering. Sure. Um, very emotional for me cause I'm a big bike guy and I like to, you know, bike and I have to stop for these packs of salmon. Yeah, or um, you try and bike around it, but then you're, like, biking in the grass. Yeah. Who likes to bike in the grass with a road bike? No, no one. No one. And it's it's tough because I feel for myself, but I like to see them gather as a squad and gang up. And um, actually bit me in the butt the other day as I was riding my bike uh, back from our fantasy football draft last night, and there was a lot of packs of salmon walking around looking for parties. I'm sure I had a few sodas that uh, make them feel some type of way. Mm-hmm, a little sugar. Yeah, sugar a little sugar bust. <laughs> and I, I received several chirps. One of them, um, direct quote, was, let me borrow that bike tomorrow so I can bike to the pharmacy. Ha, ha, ha. And I was like, I don't know if that was a chirp or a compliment, but they, they feel like they're high on life. Yes. Yeah. That happened to me as well uh, when we were out on Saturday. I noticed quite... The salmon herds mm-hmm. as a pack. What is it? What is a group of salmon? I uh, prefer herds, but herds? it might be pack. It might be pack. Yeah. Okay, so a we'll, school actually. A school of a salmon. School of salmon. Okay, fitting. Um, school exactly. Uh, these guys were also chirping myself. Uh, they were walking around, and I was just walking back to my house, and they're like, "Why are you by yourself?" It's like what? It's, like, it's a pack mentality. It's a pack mentality. Yeah, like, school mentality. Yeah. <laughs> the school. You weren't a part of a school at the time, so you were you were actually weak. Um, it's dangerous. Another thing, uh, what I love is uh, the questions you get. Um, so you know they don't know any better. You know what they're what they're going through on a daily basis, or you know how everything's working out with what what's next for football. I always like to say, uh, don't anticipate, participate, you know, live in the moment mm. a little bit. Mm. Uh, kind of by. hard to do uh, when you're a freshman. I understand that. So, uh, you know, some of the questions that you get are uh, pretty funny. Um, so, you know, I, I got a question uh, the other day. Uh, some Someone asked me, uh, I think it was after, like, the first party night, and uh, some kid said, uh, it's like, hey, uh, you think it's pretty impressive that I went uh, 3-0 on beer pong at this frat house? So I was like, sure. Yeah, good. <laughs> that's, it's that's pretty good, good man. Yeah. Um, a handshake? But, yeah, uh, no, I didn't. I should have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to show support for your, yeah. the youngins. I also love when freshmen come up to you, like the upperclassmen, they're like, what do you do for fun around here? And it's like, uh, how do you describe fun? Like, uh, I'm a podcaster. Yeah. I, I do podcasts. I like to uh, go back home uh, and, you know, drink some soda. Sodas. And, uh, Read a book yeah. at, at night when I get tired. Yeah. Chase little dragons. Like, I, when, I was also exp- trying to explain to the freshmen, like uh, when they like when football season starts, how like it kind of stinks because we have football on Sunday and we don't get to watch any of the NFL games. We're like, wait, we're, we don't get to watch any of the NFL Sunday games. I was like, no, you you, you get to watch like the three three thirty game and then Sunday, Sunday night, night football yeah. if you're lucky. And then they're like, well, what about during the week? Like, are you, like how many nights are you gonna be able to go out and party? You know, because that's gotta know when you're gonna be able to party i was yeah, like yeah. well like for me like i'm, I'm an engineer so you know I, I don't go out a lot and they're like they're like what they're very confused <laughs> they're like, yeah you know Perplexed. so you have to kind of you have to kind of leave them on you're like 
Yeah, so usually you get out of football at like 7. You go from football like 3 to 7. Then you usually have homework, and that usually takes a few hours, and it's like 9 o'clock. Then you kind of are tired. Then you usually have like a 9 a.m. or an 8 a.m. class next day, football practice after that. So, you know, usually uh, you don't have much time, so you usually just go to bed, and that's it. Gosh, like, what? That's. <laughs> I always find myself getting questions regarding the food. You know, okay. s- such as, like, when does the view close? And I, I'm close to View All-American. Yeah. That is one thing I do not know. I uh, just show up and eat. Yeah. And other questions. 7, 7.30, like, Monday through Friday, and then uh, and then Saturday closes at 7. Could Sunday. be anything at this could point. Yeah, we don't know. But one's just if the, like, if the rec center's open, too, who knows? No one knows when that when what their hours of operation are. They'll be like, what's good here? Like, what's what's in the salad line? I'm like, well, it's, uh, it's salad. Yeah. You know, we've got iceberg lettuce, uh, spinach, romaine. Um, from Romania, and it's it's just kind of like should be self explanatory. Yeah, but carrots they, and vegetables. They lost their pack, and they, they, <laughs> they need lost some their help. pack. They're they're straight away from the pack. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you, then you gotta just say, just go to the bins, and your life will be better. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they, they don't, don't know what it is. Don't go all the time because I don't want that line to be too. Long yeah, we, yeah, because then that affects us. Yeah. So then we're saying, yeah, it's kind of a far walk. We don't normally always go. Yeah. So yeah, just, just don't go. Yeah, it's don't fine. go to the it's, bins. It's mm-hmm. whatever. It's my place. Um, what? Right. So, uh, oh, well, Doomer, uh, thanks for coming on, by the way. We love uh, having you. your, your inputs. Um, how was your uh, camp experience uh, this year? It was good. It was very good. Um, I found myself waking up and feeling like a 78-year-old man with mm. only two dogs and homeless because mm. I was hurting emotionally, okay. physically. That's and I just had uh, my friend Jordan Lundell, a.k.a. my dog, to, like, help me get out of bed and kind of lead me to where the locker room was. Yes. Kind of a guide dog. Help you brush your teeth. Help me brush my teeth and put my pants on and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, Other than that, I had an absolute blast. Uh, I was trying to be a thoroughbred out there. Um, No cross-mating with any other type of horses. Just trying to run and be thoughtful. Okay. Um, Yeah. Stay in your lane. Yep. Okay. Uh, That's awesome. Love to see that. Um, So we've kind of been doing this... uh, you know, it's an ongoing debate, obviously. Um, worst uh, pre-practices um, mm. for, you know, before you have, you, you have practice, you know, that starts at a certain time. But before practice, you always have pre-practice. Every position group has one. I know you're a safety, so you might be a little biased. Um, but would you like to uh, power rank the, uh, the De- pre-practices? The defensive, defensive pre-practices. Defensive pre-practices. Um, well, <clears throat> excuse me. My, myself, I have never been 300 pounds. Never been 250 pounds. But I know those big boys in the D-line, I look up, and I'm breathing very heavily from my warm-up, and I swear there's, like, more than three-fourths of them just standing in a circle, like, barely stretching, like, arm circle stuff, stuff you do in, like, P.E. class when you're a first grader. Yeah. Um, Nothing that a grown man of 21 years old should be doing to prepare for a two-hour practice. So I'm going to put defensive line at the bottom on this one. Um, Secondly, I'd have to put... Probably inside backers, um, second to bottom on this. They uh, they run over these bags like a little high knee action. No, that's um, the outside linebackers. That's the outsides then. Yeah, and I'm gonna replace that. Um, they do butt kicks, that type of nonsense. Yeah, um, they run like two yards, they catch a ball and run yeah, back. To the run home. back. Yeah. It's just kind of like that, you know, PE mentality. Maybe third grade level mm-hmm. stuff. Nothing. So you're gonna go. D-line, then outside linebackers? Yep, and then insides following close, because they run maybe two more steps further than drops. Yeah, uh, so speaking of experience between outside and inside, I would argue uh, 
inside's a little easier, but nonetheless, okay. from what the, from what it looks like, both I'm easy. glad you're telling me that. So if we look at how the field is split up, um, we got all those guys that I just ranked on one side of the field, pretty much, um, and then we got the Gruden grinders on the opposite. And I am biased because I have played corner and I am currently playing safety, but I'll tell you what, safety's by far the worst pre-practice warm-up on the face of the earth. We do more calisthenic, dynamic, nonsense, bogus, stretching. I'm, like, conditioned by the end of that five-minute period. That's my conditioning for the day. It is. It's tough. And then you see the corners um, running as well, but they run a lot, and then they say they look over and be like, I can't do this. I can't do a safety warm-up. <laughs> you, you talking about it is, like, making Andrew tired. Andrew's, it like, is. mentally just face Thinking just about drops. It. i got to do it tomorrow and then the next day and the day <laughs> after that. So it's, it's tough out there, but... Um, you know, you get done with warm-up, and you drink your water, and you're about to throw up, and you're like, wow, i still got two hours of practice. Yeah, and lo and behold, you can't just drink your water and, like, catch your breath. you got to always be doing something. Yep. Which mm-hmm. I never, like, doing something, so I usually just take a knee and then try to realign my hips or something. <laughs> yeah, some little stretch. Do a little some stretch yeah. like that. Something that the D-line has been doing for the whole ten minutes. Exactly. External rotate. Yeah. And then I go on to the rest of practice. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, a, it's an experience, and it makes me a better man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, potential. We are the loudest, though, as from safeties. We will hoot and holler. We do some wolf howls. Yes. Ow! 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 We do that. We tra- we're paddle people. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of pack, yeah, you guys are a pack, not a school. Mm-hmm. So we are. A pack. That's pretty good. I like that. Um, pretty hey, sure packs are mammals, aren't they? I'm I'm a mammal. You yeah. mammal? Mammal. We're yeah. all mammals. Are you a mammal? Yeah. Something Breaking you might have news. to check up on, Andrew. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So uh, now we're going to kick it to the uh, two interviews we have here. We have Matt Mitchell to start. Do you want to talk about Matt Mitchell? What, what do you think of Matt Mitchell? Yeah. Tumor? Matt Mitchell, um, out of all the people I've met in my life, probably the most straightforward, straight shooter. Um, he'll tell you if you're looking good one day, and he'll tell you if you're looking like garbage from a garbage can. Um, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. We need those people in our lives. Love it. And then the next interview will be Jackson Lind to start, and then Gav Dewalter walks in after he gets a game in NHL, and mm. he comes in, and we talk to him for a little bit. Opinion on the O-line and Jackson Lind and Gav? Um, I think earlier the description of hogs is point. It's just right there because these boys are big, uh, bad, absolutely hilarious. Their sense of humor is a little immature, mm-hmm. um, and that's coming, <laughs> a from a, coming from a guy that has an immature humor as well. Um, so you can take that for what it's worth. But good dudes all around. Absolutely. All right, so we'll go ahead and kick it to those interviews. To kick off Camp Diaries, we got a special guest. Our first guest today is Matt Mitchell from Chicago, a real friend of the program. Let's welcome Matt Mitchell. Yeah, thanks welcome. for having me, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So we were going to say um, inside linebacker Matt Mitchell, um, so we'll have to cut that. Um, you're now a D lineman. Yep. Well, it's uh, hand in the ground time. You know, haven't done it since eighth grade football, so it's definitely a definitely a switch up. But see how it goes. Absolutely. Um, so we asked this to all of our guests um, just to start it out um, in average quality. So Andrew and I and uh, first string producer Steve were all uh, average guys. Um, you yourself. Um, all-state Chicago boy recruited here, great guy. Um, but you're average, nonetheless. Uh, so absolutely. what's your what's your average quality? When I was sitting here thinking about what's my average quality, I'm like, I'm very average at all pickup sports. Say you you get together with a couple guys, you want to play like pickup basketball, or up here in this state, you go play hockey for like seven hours a day. 
I go out there, I play pickup basketball. And, I mean, I can play, but, like, you know, when you get into it, I, I end up forgetting how to dribble. You know, I start throwing up liners. Like, uh, you ever seen the movie Along, Along Came Polly? Oh, yeah. Where that guy starts just whipping them off the backboard. Yep. Like, that ends up being me. That's your layup. That's your routine <laughs> play. Rest <laughs> in peace to that guy. I think he passed away. He did. Yeah. Uh, three his three names. I yes. Forget. Well, no, he was, he was a great guy. And then hockey, you know, I can skate around, but then you start actually playing. And then... You forget how to skate. So you know how to skate. I know how to skate, and I know how to skate wow. fairly well See, I'm when it of, comes to just doing it. Okay. I'm more of a boot hockey guy. Sorry. So that's kind of a, a savage move on my part. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Philip uh, Seymour Hoffman. That's exactly what it is. What it is. He Great. died? Yes, yeah. he did. Oh, man. Um, R.I.P. So did, yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. B.A. too. I'm sorry, B.A., but you're dead. Um... So did you learn this average quality through the draft process? Did you find yourself being consistently drafted in the middle rounds when you set your captains up for driveway basketball? Were you being picked fourth or fifth? Or maybe last. Or maybe last. I wouldn't say that, no. I'd say because I usually I get picked high for certain qualities, but then as I get into it I try to be something I'm not. So okay. say like I get drafted to be like a four or a five in basketball, but then I end up trying to be the point guard, and then it just all hell breaks loose. That's mm-hmm. usually okay. uh, how it happens for me. So no, not necessarily the end of it, but it okay. probably should have been. Okay. Oh, well, I like that. I appreciate that. Um, so trapping the puck here. Speaking of uh, hockey, oh, trapping the puck. Um, we'll move on to uh, our camp experience. Um, so it is uh, Friday, September first, and uh, we have now finished camp. So that's great. You know, pat, pat, go ahead and pat ourselves in the back here. Good job, guys. Um, so, you know, a uh, couple new coaches here. A uh, little coaching carousel switch up here at St. Tom's. Uh, fantastic. Um, we got to get into that as podcasters, obviously. That's one of the headlines coming into the season and to camp. We were nervous. As yeah. savvy vets, we were nervous. We were. We were. Um, but uh, one guy, maybe the light in our tunnel, per se, um, something that we noticed but maybe not uh, the O-line uh, noticed, uh, Coach Ewan. Coach Ewan is, by and far, the most savvy tech guy St. Thomas has seen through its doors in the past, in the Caruso era. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we started freshman year with Coach Nelly. Was he here your sophomore? No. Or your freshman year? Okay. No. He might have been the worst tech guy in the history of the tech <laughs> program. He he didn't know what he was doing. I think there was like six or seven times that Coach Walsh had to like storm in there and like fix everything yeah. and then I or came Coleman just come sweating yeah. yeah Coleman was sweating well yeah and then freshman year for me it was Rosie and Coleman yes who I mean come on yeah, two heads yeah. is not better than one no in that I would say Absolutely when it comes not. down to you need someone to make a decision you don't want to have conflicting viewpoints yeah and uh, you know I, I do want to say uh Coach Ewan, he makes the job look effortless. effortless. And I have never seen someone... And we've all been working this technology, which is not the best technology, but it's good, for the last three years. And the way he's able to put the projector down when Coach Crusoe needs it and put the projector on when Crusoe needs it. And then if there's no audio, you know, the, the dying moment when we play a video and he needs audio and it's not there, and everyone's like, oh, no, what's, what's going to happen? And he's like, can we get audio? And he gets it. People so, forget that Walter Mitty this year started without audio. Oh. Walter Mitty, the ghost cat, started without audio. Turning an enhancement session. Can we get audio? Coach Ewan had that on at probably 87, the perfect volume. Yeah. Perfect volume for Walter Mitty in seconds. It was uh, unbelievable. He just looks so composed. Yeah. So composed. That's all it is. That's the thing. Like, Coleman was just sweating bullets every time that he had some task to do with Coach Ewan with tech is Tom Brady in the pocket. Mm. 
I agree. And, you know, a, a perfect example would be my birthday. I never met him. I didn't even know he had a new line coach. He texts me on my birthday saying, Happy birthday, Andrew. Dash, Coach Yoon. And I looked to Dak and Steve and Doomer and Mark next to me. I was like, do you guys know a Coach Yoon? <laughs> so, text, talk, about, yeah. talk about tech savvy. I mean, yeah. he's texting players that he doesn't have a relationship with. Well, them. I know every player. Yes. Every player's birthday, I think every person got a birthday text for people who can't even put a name to a face. Yes. I mean, it's just unparalleled work in the yeah. tech game that, like I said, in the Crusoe era has not been seen. Also today, I want to mention, um, there was a phone that went off during a meeting, the alarm. Were you guys there for that? Yes. 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 On, okay, we were all there for that, I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember when it was. But anyways, there's an alarm on someone's phone that went off, and that is uh, probably the number one rule uh, when you enter the locker room. Yes. Turn no, your phone no. on silent, at least, mm-hmm. or turn it off. Um, and Coach Carpenter and Coach Ewan... Had the tag team of a lifetime. I've never seen someone identify the locker and go and tell the kid without Coach Caruso knowing. Then the kid got up, and that's when Caruso noticed, and he was like pointing at his locker, and Coach Caruso was like, all right, got it. But oh, that's an, what ab- an absolutely unbelievable tag team approach yeah. as to find what locker he was making noise in and then getting it handled well, all within probably two minutes. I was probably the most thoughtful thing that's happened. Do you think camp. Coach Russell could have done that? No, no, no. It was just unbelievable thoughtfulness yeah. out of the two of them. Yeah. Just rooks, too. Yeah. Two rookies. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely killing it. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're, we're in game week now, uh, coming to a close. But let's not forget that we just went through two weeks of camp when we are, have yet to have a day off. I yes. think it's been 19 days straight with football, some type of football activity, no breaks. Um, this is your third camp now. And let's get a little quick rundown of how, how you've progressed over the years because we're interviewing a list of veterans here. We have, we're going to probably get a freshman on, not a veteran by any means, not savvy. No. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to have a senior um, who's going to be pretty savvy. And then you got your junior who is reaching those, those levels of savviness those heights. Yes, yes. And I consider yourself in that realm. I agree. So uh, where I'd say most progressed is, is the dorm room. I think the dorm room for camp is unbelievably important because if you have a bad dorm room experience it just makes football all that much worse so the freshman year i came in i didn't have a fan i brought every piece of clothing i had i brought every blanket i brought everything you just can't do that you just can't do that sophomore year i came in i brought only one fan i brought all my stuff this year i came in with a pillow a light blanket a red duffel bag halfway full of of your clothes of my clothes Things you need, not want. Exactly. Yes. And it just makes moving out that much easier. I did not unloft my bed. I didn't do any of that. It's just, unlofting your bed that morning when Coach Tripp's running around and he's running and you're blasting or doing is you're lofting your bed and he pokes your head and you're like, oh, you guys done it? Oh, one second. Like, All right. And then he's on floor seven. And then he's gone and He's on floor seven. You can yeah. never, ever get him 45 back. minutes later, he's back. No. Yeah. So then you're checking out at 9.30 instead of 8 o'clock. Yes. That's just the worst feeling. So never unloft your bed. Never bring... Any more than probably five different outfits because you can put them on your loop. You can wash and them and wash get the same Two pairs of shorts. What does it matter? One for each week. What does it matter at all? No. You just put it on the loop and rotate. And by the way, you're spending uh, upwards of 12 hours a day with all dudes, so uh, fashion matter? is really not in hot Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Jacques wore the same shirt seven days in a row. I watched it, I documented it. And shorts. And shorts. His Livestrong shirt and the those yeah, shorts. Cut shorts and, uh, and that's our starting quarterback who's yeah. supposed to be like you know you know the guy the guy yeah. Yeah. not to mention Andrew also wore the same Lululemon shorts until someone called him out for it 
it was they were Columbia. Columbia, sir. And someone's like, I was laying on the ground. Someone's like, something smells musty. Uh, it was my shorts. That's when you know to change. Seven, day, seven days not, later, you know, maybe change it. Yeah, that's all you need. It's just not throw a bad it on a loop. Yep, you're fine. It's just light packing and proper fans and proper bed etiquette. Mm. It's just I think that's a winning edge for camp. Hundred percent. I agree completely. And it, you had to have stuff that you can can carry all in one trip down. Yes. So like you don't have to use the elevator to move your stuff down because that elevator is loaded with those damn yellow bins and you can't get in there. You can only get two in there. Yeah. And every God knows every freshman, just like everyone does every year, brings everything they own. And And then then they all and they gotta use the yellow things so you can only fit two per elevator. You're stuck there all day. Love it. That's a great it's a great little quinky dink for uh, everyone. For all our marketing coach might send that out to the freshmen. Yeah, yeah. here's some advice. <laughs> here's some advice. Yeah, <laughs> um, so uh, just want to take you back to uh, freshman year. Um, you know, being from uh, Chicago and uh, highly sought after um, in Crusoe's eyes, I would say. Um, uh, how was it um, when Tim McClanahan came up to you and said, uh, you know, Coach K needs to see you out on the field, and uh, you know, you run out there, you're excited, and you see all the interview interviewers, the cameras, the radio go- guys. And you're like, I'm going to get interviewed. Take, take us through that moment. So it wasn't Coach K. He said, Coach Caruso needs to see you. So Sorry. I was like, shit. So that, let's, I, let's, this is when you're heading into practice. Letting heading out of, out of, pr- out of practice, practice. Going to shower. Okay. Practice is over. There. No more responsibilities. I walk in there. You're just like, done with football. And you're just, maybe had a good day. Maybe had a bad day. Just thinking about it. And then you walk in there. Tim McClanahan, savvy vet. Looks at me. Hey, Matt. Coach Caruso said he needs you. And I'm like, I'm like, where's he at? He's like, outside. So I'm like, okay. So I run out there. I, I put everything I have down, like, like heavy jog, almost sprint out to the field to go talk to Coach. Hopefully it's some good news. I walk out there, and it's Coach. It's Chuck Dowdle and I think Bradley. And they're sitting there getting interviewed. I'm like, Charlie Dowdle, friend of the program. I was friend of the program. I walk out there. And I'm like, holy shit, am I going to get an interview? Like, I don't know. I, mean, I have no clue. Like, maybe they wanted, like, a freshman perspective on camp. So I walk out there and I go, Coach, you need me? He looks at me with, like, disgust and goes, no, I don't need you. So tail between my legs, walked right back to the locker, walked in. The whole team is literally standing there just laughing their asses off at me. And I just look at Timmy. Timmy's damn near peeing down his leg. He's laughing so hard. <laughs> And nowadays, like, we tried to do that to, like, Jacques yesterday. And nowadays, like, Steve took it easy on him, walked down the hall with him, and, like, at the last second, was like, no, you don't need it. Like, Timmy made me almost run in front of the Tommy Media camera <laughs> in front of Coach, while Coach Crusoe's getting interviewed. That, Timmy also duped Ruthless. me that se- same, same time that season, and I ran down the hall, and so he said, Coach Kane needs to see you, so I run down the hall. Yeah, heavy job again. Yeah. Um, still in pads, I think. And Coach K had just turned the corner. And I'm like, uh, hey, coach, uh, Timmy said you needed me. He goes, no. <laughs> and, uh, and so and I thought he was going to say something else. And I just like, you know, you know how he like he's walking back to the coach's locker room. And it's basically the same way as the, the locker room. So like I'm just kind of it was the most awkward, probably 50 feet of my life mm-hmm. because he didn't say anything to me. And so, you know, I just I, I slowed my pace down and let the coach go to the locker room. Timmy McClain, I was like, Dang. you cannot trust Timmy McClanahan in the locker room, yeah. and I've learned that. And Steve's too soft about it now. Mm-hmm. Steve has gotten very soft. Yeah. Speaking of I'm, Steve, what? Can I defend myself? Absolutely. Well, so with, um, with with Jacques, I mean, we all know he's our pretty little quarterback. He's pretty big. 
Lord knows he was going to go out there. He was going to find – so here was his defense. He said, he, Coach Crusoe always asked me to bring my ball and meet with him after practice because, like, we always, like, you know, mix Sick and match brag, balls and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Got to so bring like, your balls to coach. Yeah, so it's, so it's like, but, you know, now I just, like, don't trust you. It's like, dude, like, so it was actually, like, a really good one, actually, you know, because we got you. Like, what you said, I don't, you get that butt hurt? Yeah, he got, he was, <laughs> oh, he was so, so butt hurt. <laughs> and that, so that's why I was, like, I could sense it, like, he was going to be like that, and I knew he was going to go up to Crusoe, and like, hey, like, you need to see me? He's like, uh, no. He's like, oh, well, well Steve Harrell was, was, said that you need to see me, so I knew oh, he was. That's credit. Like, oh. That's credit. Coach knows what happens. That's credit. Well, the damage was already done with Jacques the minute you told him to go out there, whether he talks to coach or not. I think you should. No, I just knew he was going to get all cry and, and you know, he was going to have Caruso just kind of, you know, pat him on the back and make sure everything was okay. Which well, I it's, a, it's a fantastic legacy rep that uh, this continues on. Um, let each generation, Tim's generation, continue our generation. So that's great. Um, but speaking of Steve, uh, this takes me to my next question, Matt. Um, do you try and do everything Steve does um, so that you're a better player in person? Do you like to mimic Steve? It's a loaded question. Because as a football player, yes, I walked in and you walk in and you see my locker's right next to him, so he kind of taught me a lot of stuff. So, you know, he had, and he was the big guy, you know, the muscle dude, so you like, want to get like your lifting advice from what, what protein should I buy, whatever. <laughs> And then we were playing the same same position, and, like, we were traveling together all the time. And I was a freshman, me, Adam, Steve, Timmy, and George. We were, like, five guys. Yeah. But so... That's burgers. exactly what that's it exactly is. That's exactly what it is. Five <laughs> yeah. guys burgers. Yeah. That was us. Yeah. But, uh, yes, Steve's a good football player. Good. Wildly average, I like to throw out there. Mm-hmm. I think wildly average I, is appropriate. It's a humbling experience. It's um, proud of it. But, he, you know... As Coach said today, we were all there. He does things right. He, he he trusted the process. Outside of football, no, nothing. Don't want anything to do anything like him. Not one thing. I would rather mimic Bloom. Michael Bloom. Michael Bloom, who's our uh, long snapper, so or was a, our long he's snapper. He's a free spirit. Yeah. Steve, I feel like Steve's always just caged. I feel like Steve's a caged personality, whereas Bloom was just free. An extrovert, Steve. Steve, would you say you're an introvert? I would. Uh, I mean, yeah. That's okay. We're introvert positive on this podcast. Introverts are welcome. I'm introverted with with who I want, like, care to know, and, you know. Okay. Kind of that deal. Safe answer. Something to think about. I understand that uh, you don't want to be Steve off uh, off the field. I mean, it comes with with a lot. comes with a lot, and... uh, we appreciate who you are off the field. Thank you. So I, I think your aspirations are in the right spot because Steve on the field is a great person to be, but Steve off the field is like, mm, you know. I'd like to add that he's less than wildly average at NHL, and I don't want that in my life either. Because you're the reigning champ. In this house, yes. Yeah, do we need to do we need to speak? What's our update on that? By the, the way, record's five and three. I'm still. Out, I spent. So. You're winning. We came five in three. here. We oh. I came in here. I played Larch. And I spanked him, ten like nothing. And then I played Steve, and I spanked him like six to nothing. And he was over there like, allegedly. oh, my controller's broken. Like, allegedly. He threw that fit. I don't think allegedly. He I threw that fit, and I was just not having that one bit. But he is ahead in the overall series. I'll give him that. Okay. I'll tip the cap to that. But other than that, the last two you've gotten spanked. All right, Stevie. 
Sorry to bash you, but it's you know it's a humbling experience here at the back pocket. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wrapping up with our final question today on Camp Diaries. You know, we ask this to all our guests because we just want to improve our marketing interns' knowledge of life. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you learn today from the time that you woke up to uh, when we're recording right now? I know one of them because I heard it today in meetings was uh, if you're a scout, you, you need to get some splits in your life. Get some splits. If you don't have splits in your life, as well, not even as a scout, just a life lesson. Splits. You need some splits in your life. Um, also, I want to say to uh, dovetail off that is low pad level. Low pad level was all. How many times first. was low pad level or, or the words pad level yelled today? Uh, at a line or just at everyone? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. We were doing our now D line drills when I was down there with them, and you just pad level. You hear pad level, arrow, apple, all these things. I, to be frank, half of a clue what this means at this point, just learning. And he's like screaming at me, like, to do this. And I'm like, listen, guy, <laughs> need some direction. Listen, yeah. I, I know I'm trying my best over here, doing my best. And then there's Steve over there, usually walking during practice, mm. doing his inside linebacker drills, which I miss because they are. Fairly easy. <laughs> Very easy. If we're going to talk about uh, pre-practice, that's the last thing we should hit, Andrew. Um, who's got it easiest? Who's got it hardest? Um, I'd probably argue D-line pre-practice is probably the easiest. I do. We do just sit there and stretch for like half of it. And yeah. then we do like four bag drills. And, and oh, I, as an ex-outside linebacker. That looks you, like it sucks. It's not bad. It's, it's harder than insides. I would say that. Okay. I would say. Um, I would say it goes probably a third as the power rankings of hardest pre-practice. I would put out of the five, defensive, the five s- defensive pre-practices. Safety. Jackson, we'll get your hot take on this when we get you on. Um, but I think five pre-practices, you got safeties first. We run. And then corners, outside linebackers, inside linebackers, D-line. What about, are you saying only for the one side of the ball? Because the offense kind of, well, I guess they just do like like their lines, but they just sprint all the time. The receivers just spring up and down the field, nonstop. <laughs> That's it. Just looks terrible. That's why Vic killed it with the Fitbit. <laughs> yeah, seven, seven miles. Just killed it. All right, Maddie. That concludes your time here on the back pocket. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was uh, wildly average. Our second interview for Camp Diaries. Another fantastic person, a genuine human, a very good friend of the program, Jackson Lind. Let's welcome Jackson Lind. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Long time listener, first time caller. All little Dan Patrick show shout oh, out. Well, you know, gotta I'll, have it. We'll cut that. Um, so it. let's open up and give our marketing interns a little background about yourself. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm a senior mechanical engineering student this fall at St. Thomas. Uh, play center, bouncing between center and guard on the football team. Come from a little town up by Duluth, Minnesota, called Barnum, population 500. Uh, don't blink when you drive through because you'll flat miss it. Uh, graduated with 55 kids in my high school class. My varsity football roster my senior year had 29 kids. So we weren't uh, we weren't your typical Wyzetta or Maple Grove, you know, big 5A school. But it uh, it was a good time. It was raised well by my parents and shout out to your parents. Yeah, shout out to Lance and Shelley up there in Barnum, just just sending it. Um, I think the biggest biggest thing coming down here is you come from a small town like that to St. Thomas, and it's like, you know, oh, my God. Like, 
there's a lot of money out here. Yeah. I thought I was pretty cool driving to school in my Jeep, and then I come down here and kids are ripping around in Maseratis, and it's like, oh, I'm the small potatoes again. But no, yeah, just uh, just your average blue collar American, I guess. Love it, man. That was a fantastic yeah. intro. Yeah. Wow. We were not. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so, like you said, uh, speaking of average, yep. Um, we do this with all our guests. Um, an average quality. What do you have for us? Oh boy. Well, I'd probably say my biggest wildly average quality is I'm uh, I'm pretty wildly average at talking on a cell phone. You know, like um, if I'm talking with my mom or my dad or someone, it you know flows pretty well. But got to talk with my boss or a girl or someone I don't know. It just it gets real bad real fast. Turns into a dumpster fire. I'm playing you know stutter tag with them the whole. You know, yeah, don't just, know when to start yeah, talking. Don't know when to start. When they're gonna stop talking. Don't know when to stop. It's, it's yeah, cell phone lag. Yep. Never want to deal with that. Yep, it's it's terrible. I wish I could blame it on my cell provider, but it's just it's just me not performing to the best of my ability. Well, do you have Verizon? No, I got. All right, you can, so you can. You can blame it on them. Okay. Can. Well, I guess Verizon supposedly has like number one in everything. Yeah, so, yeah. So allegedly, we're a Verizon podcast. So yeah. oh, okay. but uh, has like Caruso ever called you or any any of the football coaches? Um. I got called by Coach Lepsy, Coach Lepsy, my sophomore year, and that was pretty awkward because that same thing, playing phone tag with them, like, you know, trying to say, hi, how are you doing, Coach, took me about three minutes because I wasn't sure what to say or when to say it, and it was it was just bad. But, I mean, Coach Ewan texts me a lot. I get a couple texts from Caruso, but I don't think any of them have actually called me before. That is an interesting point. I've never had that happen. Uh, are you taking any actions to become a little more efficient phone? Um, yeah, you know, I uh, I took a couple online classes, uh, yeah. some watching YouTube videos. Okay. Um, but it was really nice, like when I go home because we got a landline, so I can like call the landline and talk into one phone and then listen to the other and kind of yeah, coordinate little practice, that way, a little practice. practice. <laughs> yeah, that's but that's it. Um, Multi personality. Yeah, mom yes. gets mad at me because yeah. I use a cell phone. The dial up slows down. and She can't get online to check her Facebook. So <laughs> uh, I, I got to limit myself on that. But. Okay. Oh man. All right. That's fantastic. Thank you for uh, helping our marketing interns with that one. Yeah. Um, so. We're just finishing up camp, as we talked about with Maddie Mitchell. Um, how was camp this year? Um, yeah, camp this year actually was really well for me. I had a lot of fun with it, actually. I mean, to the regular regular person, it sounds like a drag. Like, oh no, you're stuck in a dorm for two weeks and you're, you know, playing football nonstop. But I don't know if it was just the finality of it being my senior year or just having fun with it. But I just. You know, it was really fun to be oh. with the boys and hang out and, oh, you know. Sorry, sorry, Jackson. Oh, uh, no, you're good. We just got interrupted by uh, Gavin. And, oh, and Jordan. Come in, come in, Jordan. You can come in. So these are, this is Gavin Dewalter, our our left tackle. No, right, 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 tackle. right tackle. My apologies. Defensive right perspective, left tackle. Yes. I see him on the right side, but <laughs> he's, he's, right he's on the left side. Or the right side, sorry. Um, great to have you here, Gavin. Was that you making all the racket playing NHL? Uh, I was a part of it, but it was more uh, Jordan okay. that was uh, okay. making Valid. most of the yeah. noise. Did you win? Good deflection. We lost uh, on a last-second shot with .3 seconds left. It's okay. a heartbreaker. It's, it's a heartbreaker. So when you're saying camp, um, for our marketing interns or our listeners who don't necessarily or haven't been through camp, um, what is uh, one thing from camp that you can – 
say to someone to get them to like kind of understand what camp is all about? Yeah, um, I guess the best way I could describe it is it's the close thing, closest thing you can get to going through boot camp without, um, you know, the 4 a.m. PT and the, you know, going to the rifle range or everything. I mean, every day you're up at 7 a.m. and every minute of your day is scheduled out and structured. Like, there is no... Hardly any free time. If you do have free time, you're spending it in the ice tub or rolling out on some foam rollers or going over the playbook. Like, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, you are on a mental lockdown of just being constantly locked in and trying to understand and excel yourself at your position. And it's it's draining. It really is draining. But, you know, it comes with experience. I'm sure a lot of the freshmen are feel felt the same way I did my first time. But when it's, you know your third or fourth year doing it you kind of know that stuff so it gives you a little more time to just relax and enjoy it a little more and have some fun with it absolutely that's a great point you bring up um and we're also welcoming gavin dewalter like we i had just mentioned uh gavin this is your fourth camp is that correct yes it is and you have lived with jacks three years now three years this this will be the third this will be the third year freshman year you were in brady ireland ireland okay Rowdy um, time, by the way. I love Ireland. Gotcha. Care about Ireland. Care about Ireland. How is it having uh, Jax as a as a roommate? Well, it's pretty good, and it's. Uh, give me. How about a little two two roses and a thorn? Yeah, we're a two roses and a thorn podcast. So give us two roses and a thorn of your living experience with Jax. Okay. Well, uh, first off, I'd say it's pretty good. We we both know we got to get our homework done and all that so we kind of keep to ourselves not bugging each other too much because you're also a mechanic lunching yes i am there we go so and that comes with perks too as we can help each other on a lot of homework whenever we get stuck um we enjoy a lot of the same shows and that kind of stuff and playing some of the games watching sunday night football (laughs) sure (laughs) it's a it's a thorn is uh some of the chores don't always get done Jax does not complete the chores. Sometimes. Or is it you? At the, at the same time, we don't really have a schedule. Okay. Mm. So it's not like it's uh, you're on the schedule to do it, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, you know, the, the dish is sitting in the sink for a couple of days or, you know. Four months. Four months. Yeah. Jackson rebuttal. Oh, boy. My two roses and a thorn on Gav. Yes, please. Well, let's see. First off, i got to say... You know, Gav is a damn good cook. Like, you know, growing up, I'm sure you watched Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. Yep. I'm pretty sure he spent his afternoons after school watching Paula Deen on the Food Network. Because that guy can cook <laughs> up some mean-ass pizza or pasta. Like, wow. Pretty impressive. Okay. If I um, know why, I mean, that's a big deal. Oh, yeah. It's yes. all about the food down at 1108. Mm-hmm. But, so he's good at cooking. He, uh, another good quality is... It, it took a little work, you know, freshman year, the kid wouldn't touch communion wine. Like, he was pretty pretty hard to get him to drink. But, you know, as he gets older, he's turning 21, he's starting to drink a little more. And, you know, we both, uh, like, we're both engineers. We got a pretty heavy homework load. But, you know, you get that Saturday night, you know, no homework, games are done, you know, time to let loose. The kid will let loose, and he's, uh, he's a pretty fun time when he lets loose. I, I strongly recommend to all the listeners, if you ever get the chance... Go out drinking with Gavin Dewalter. You will not be disappointed. He is pretty fun. He's a pretty fun time. That's fantastic. Um, I guess my one thorn is the got the dude plays a ton of Xbox. Like there'll be times like you know everyone's got their passion, and 
really, it shouldn't be all that big of a complaint, because, like, his passion could be drugs, like, he could be shooting up in his bedroom, but instead he just, you know, sits and plays Xbox, and it's, you know, it keeps him happy, but... You don't know, I might be shooting up yet. Well, I mean, if you do, you're hiding it really well, because I don't know yet, but, like, you know, there'll be days, come home, do homework... Gab never comes out of his room, you know. But it's because he's in franchise mode on Madden, and he's, you know, going 17-0 and 0 as the Vikings. He's going to the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. the dude's locked into his Xbox. He goes real hard at it. But That's awesome. So a quick fun fact for you that I learned yesterday. I think Matt Christensen told me this because he heard it from the, the grapevine. But Coach Caruso, was he a center or was he a guard? He was a center. He was a center. Okay. Um, he, was, uh, he played offensive line. Yep. And uh, he was the biggest gamer on the team. Oh yeah, Bill Walsh football. Really? Yeah, and uh, at Ithaca College, he was the biggest gamer. And I think I'm going to give you the award for biggest gamer on our, at least for our O lineman. Oh yeah. Um, so maybe you share some strong qualities as a young coach, Caruso. I don't know. There's there's a couple other guys on the team I know that uh, at least O lineman know they play quite a bit of video games themselves. So we got some competition there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, another fun fact um, that I know about Gavin. Uh, that I'd just like to let all of our listeners know is, uh, Gavin, you've had a girlfriend for nine years? In November, it'll be nine years. Nine years, and you are 21 now? Yeah. Currently? 21. Nine years, so 21 minus. So you've been dating since 12 years old? It's good It's good math there, Doc. There you go. Wow. Fun fact. Fun fact for <laughs> you. Um, so we, we mentioned that these boys are the old linemen. Uh, they're the strong bunch. Uh, what's it like in the trenches? Because you're talking to a skinny guy up here who plays guys. 20 yards away from the trenches <laughs> uh, and rarely goes down there. If I am in there, I make one tackle a game. Uh, so what's it like down there in the trenches? Well, it's a it's a dogfight, I'd say, just about every player. It's the competition between you and the other guy who's between who's tougher and who's got better footwork, really. So it's you almost start getting kind of a... Mean meanness towards the guy you're going against, especially if they're always on the same side. You just start to, you almost start to hate the guy. <laughs> yeah, you just want to kick his butt every time. But I will uh, say the O line. Uh, I would well, maybe for every football team, but the most together and cohesive group on this football team in particular, St. Thomas, is the O line. Um, does that have anything to do with you know your your guys' tr- the trench mentality? Does that bring you guys together and uh, you know stuff like that, or is that or just O line in general? I mean, you guys are always together. Yeah, I'd say that's I'd say that's part of it, just because we're all doing the same kind of work, and then really you're not we're all not doing the any of the glorious work of carrying the ball or anything like that. Usually we're not making all these highlight blocks either when like a you know, fullback gets out on the edge and makes an awesome block on a linebacker. Sure. Usually you don't see that kind of stuff from a lineman, so it's. It's just that grunt work that kind of helps pull us all together, and then our love for food also helps. Absolutely. That's a great point. Jackson, would you like to? Uh, yeah, to you know, it's uh, he hit it on the head there. Like, we're, uh, we're a really cohesive group, but at the same time, you know, you kind of have to be because if, you know, you got to trust a guy next to you that if, you know, a three-tech on the D-line wants to stunt across your face, he's going to be there to pick him up, or, uh, you know, if there's a looping blitz coming that you can trust that you can let go of your guy and your buddy next to you will pick him up so it uh there definitely is a lot of cohesiveness there um a lot of it you know yeah it just comes with being in the trenches it's uh it's a jungle down there i mean a man who goes in the trenches never comes out the same you're uh by the third or fourth drive you're looking to you know twist some fingers or roll some ankles and just 
get after the guy you're with. So we're, uh, you know, yeah, we're not the most uh, superstar group on the sure. team. Uh, we're definitely not the best looking in pads. There's a lot of a few of us that are uh, a little on the upper edge of the, our, our weight bound, can stand to lose a few pounds. But, uh, you know, we just work hard and get after it and make the holes for the running backs and bring them to glory. It's, uh, like Gav said, it isn't a glorious job, but it's uh, it's one that's got to be done, and we'll uh, we'll step up and do it. I appreciate that. I know our team appreciates that for sure. Um, but uh, is this fair to say that you didn't grow up wanting to be an offensive lineman? Is, oh, no. What were your no? passions? Gavin? Is this... No, I, would just, I, <laughs> I fought in junior, early junior high and stuff to try and get off the whole line. Yep. Because I felt like I could play other positions, so like... So you've been on your o- you've been on the O line your entire life? No. Um, okay. So uh, my freshman year, I, I played with the freshman team for a little bit, and the uh, first game, the coach was like, "Hey, Gavin, you want to play a little H receiver for us?" So I went. I was a slot receiver for a good part of that time, and then I ended up playing some D line as there's a lot of varsity guys that got hurt, so I ended up playing that for them, but. Sophomore year and junior year, I actually started at tight end and D end. Oh wow! So I was, I had a little bit of a skill taste of the skill position, but there was still a little bit of that grunt work. Being a tight end, you got to do both, a lot of the blocking and some of the receiving. So and then senior year, he's we didn't have a whole lot of big guys, so he bumped me back down into the tackle position, and then ever since that, I've been uh, old lineman again. So well, you're a damn good one. We appreciate Thank you. you. Very thoughtful, Jax. How about you, growing oh, up? Man, you know, I was, uh, I was thinking I'd be chasing the spotlights my whole life. You know, grew up, you know, right, right when I started to get into footballs, when Adrian Peterson bait burst onto the scene, I, I'm going to be a running back. Which, if you would have looked at me in fourth grade, you would have thought, hell no, because I was about a four foot eight, 160 pound, just cornhole, just punking <laughs> around the football field. <laughs> But I uh, I went to Barnum Flag Football one day and said, I want to be a running back. And they kind of laughed at me and said, okay, whatever, you know, we'll give you a shot. And I did practice that day. And I after that practice, I said, I don't want to do that because there is way too much running involved with that. And I <laughs> didn't want any part of that. So I thought, It well, isn't the title. No, yeah, exactly. I should have thought that one through a little better. But then I thought, you know, where else can I get some glory in a position? And I thought kicker because at the same time, the Vikings had Ryan Longwell. Okay. And he was, you know, that one season he was pretty pretty clutch, just rapid fire, could sink him from 50 yards out. And Routine like, play. Yeah, the guy just kicks a football through a couple of sticks, and, you know, he's a, he's a superhero. Mm-hmm. And so next week at Barnum flag football practice, I tried going for kicker and realized I couldn't kick a football to see. I could kick a football <laughs> as well as I could throw one, which was pretty <laughs> terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, well, I, you know, I can't be a kicker because I'm going to be a goat. I can't kick a football to save my life so I finally settled and thought you know I'll be the holder I'll hold that hold the ball for the kicker <laughs> yes they're on the field they get to do all they get to be part of the glory they just you know you catch a football and put it on the ground the kicker kicks it game over so I tried to do that realized I didn't have any any hands whatsoever oh. long snap <laughs> would come back and straight butterfinger right through my palms and oh I got yelled at for that so then finally I figured out in flag football they did the you know, the center just kind of flipped the ball back, stood yep, sideways. Stood sideways, yep. Oh, yeah. That looks pretty easy. I can do that. And it was really easy because, you know, 
being the guy I was, you know, just a big old chunk out there, just flip the football bat and go run over some little kid and lay on him, block yeah. him, game <laughs> over. So I kind of took on the role of being a center, and that's uh, I've bounced between center and guard my whole life ever since then. So okay. Yeah. Hey, you tried. We tried, you know. I love I it. Both of you guys. Both of you guys yeah. tried. Jack, yeah. Jax, you went through four different positions, all looking for glory, and ended up at center. And I ended up at which, center. Which, uh, I will argue, has got to be the most important position on the field, because uh, how else are you supposed to snap the ball? And how else are you supposed to start to play? Yeah. The play starts there with the center. Go. I mean, Gab, you probably weren't unsuccessful in all those positions, <laughs> but they were just maybe needed in other positions. Jax, I'm sorry to say you yeah. were a little more unsuccessful I, going <laughs> for those skill positions. The unsuccessful bug <laughs> yeah. bit me real bad. It was, it was tough to watch. Yes. Um, all right, so this kind of concludes our podcast, but I do want to I didn't cross this with you before the podcast. I would love to hear some of your favorite just like phrases, slang terms that you grew up hearing that you may use a lot now. Uh, maybe because we could use on this podcast. Use on this podcast. Uh, just for an example that I was just, I would just loved. I was eating it up. Was I think it was sophomore year or maybe junior year after Future Bowl, you just said, "Hey, he's in the barn. Let's get after it. Um, let's go. Let's get a good game off tomorrow, or something oh, like that." And oh, wow. I was like, "That is the best thing I've heard on a breakdown all year." Hayes in the barn. I mean, yeah, that's uh, you know, growing up in a small town like that. Both my grandpas, they're full of one-liners like that. You yeah. never thought anything of it. You heard them all the time, and then you come down here and start saying them and. People are losing their cookies over it. Like they've never heard that. Me, before. yeah, city slickers that doesn't understand. Outrageous. That yet. Like, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I've got. A, I could write a book on them. Like, what? What are you looking for? What would you? You got to give me a situation. Yeah, I you're right. Come um, up with oh, I got one. Okay. Uh, you're uh, closing out a podcast, um, and you have to say something to people, and you know, give them, get, let them know that it's over. Let them know it's over. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. The good one for that would be haze in the barn. Haze in the barn. Haze in the barn. The okay. woods in the shed. Um, grains in the elevator. Uh, you know, meats in the freezer, beers in the cooler. <laughs> it's all done and over with now. Okay. I love um, it. Oh, how about this? Uh, maybe transitioning from one thing to the next. One thing to the next. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, I know one thing that is really popular among the old linemen is, you know, go from one drill to the next. You know, you need a little pick-me-up, a little energy to get going. You say, well, you know, boys, pitter-patter, let's get at her. On to the next thing, you know. Um, Why it's a good one I like. Uh, Dropping the puck. Uh, You guys say that one a lot. Oh, trapping the puck. Trapping the puck. Yes. Okay, okay. Well, I've grown fond of that one. It's a good one. Um, Thanks. I'm trying to think what else we got. Dude, you crushed it. On to the next field, you know. Yeah. What's your favorite saying just in general? Like, what's your go-to? My go-to? I've had a lot of them over years. I, I think right now my real big one is you guys ever seen that Larry and Tyser dude on YouTube, Canadian guy that jumps his snowmobile and yes, send it, send it. Guys, are, are you silly? Still oh, gonna sign yeah. it. Yeah, snow's too soft. Don't be silly. We're still gonna send it. I think that's my big one right now. Is send it. Um, that's awesome. I love that one. But you know, it's one of those things that you could wake up one morning and you know hear it on the radio or come up with a new one and. You know, send it gets put in the back of the library, and maybe someday you'll pull it out again. Pull it out in yeah. the archives. I like it. Awesome, Jax. Um, so, last question uh, from the time that you woke up today to right now, recording this podcast. What'd you learn? Well, I did learn something big today. So, I was talking to, you know, head football trainer there, Jimbo Slice. He's uh, 
He's a talk about a library of knowledge. He knows a lot. I learned today that it is possible for a person to overhydrate themselves. Mm. Um, mm. Case in point, yesterday, Matt Beck, the starting center, he uh, he was pounding water like there is no tomorrow. I mean, he. I think I watched him drink four bottles of water in morning meetings, and you know he said it out loud. He was peeing clear. You know, you look at the charts. He's a number one, clear as water. Yep. And the last roll of the day, he's turning the corner in the back of the end zone and his quad cramps up. And I wish we could get it on Huddle because he went down like a ton of bricks, just full body lockup. Yeah. Every muscle from his big toe up to his butthole just cinched up tighter than that. Yeah, timber. Yep. Tall Pine got chopped down there. And he couldn't believe it because, you know, he drank so much water during the day and it never, you know, no sign of dehydration, but... Jim actually actually said that it is possible to overhydrate yourself. If you get to the point where right after you drink water, you're peeing it back out, you need electrolytes like salt mm-hmm. to help retain that water. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it gets to the point where your body can't process it, and it just dumps it out without absorbing it. So mm-hmm. that was a big thing I learned today I'm definitely going to use going forward in the future. Absolutely. And our marketing interns need to know that too. Oh, yeah, Don't overhydrate. Sure. Next time you're out in the desert, you know. Get some salt in your Get system. some salt in your life. Yeah, some electrolytes. Like, salt. Uh, some Gatorade. Yeah, Gatorade's a big one. Big one. All right, Jax, thank you so much. Yeah, bro. thanks, Appreciate guys. It, Pleasure to be here. So those were our interviews. Hope you guys enjoyed. Now we're going to finish off this podcast, as we always do. You know, we're going to talk about what we learned and a feel-good story. Uh, Doomer, would you like to start us off with what did you learn today? Uh, yeah, so I actually learned a very uh, beneficial fact that we can all... Uh, contributing to our daily nutrition plans. Um, earthworms, actually, you usually see them after a rainy day, they pop up, are apparently 84% protein and apparently taste like bacon. So instead of spending a ticket, go to State Fair, grab yourself a skewer or a stick, go get a few earthworms, and have a nice, healthy snack. Put them on the stove, you think? Yeah, yeah. Stove yeah, yeah burn the bacteria yeah. off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a uh, little quinky dink there. When it rains... And you're walking on the sidewalk, and you just see all these worms lying around because you know the the rain washed them up, washed them up. Then right there, instead of stepping on them or stepping around them, or you know maybe making a, a sly remark about them, how they shouldn't be there, um, maybe you should pick them up and uh, eat them. Eat them, yeah. Love so, it. Something to think about. Um, what did I learn? Uh, well, I learned uh, Tupac died when he was 25, and he's kind of an asshole. Wow. Yeah. You know who else died nice when they were twenty five? Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Who else? You know who else died? Uh, Kurt Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. So something about is, that, is there like a term for that? Kurt Cobain, faithful twenty five, faithful twenty five, like yeah, something like that. Uh, alive, I, alive at twenty five. That's a that's a driving class. Like for when you get in a car accident and you go to court, and they're like, oh, well, we'll reduce your cost to from three hundred dollars to two hundred dollars. Uh, as long as you take this live at 25 class. But, you know, side note. I didn't know that. I did not know that either. It's interesting. A lot of there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, since it's Camp Diaries, I'm going to talk about how I, what I learned about camp. It's a lot easier knowing that you're never going to have to do it again mm. when you're going through it. So this senior year camp was much uh, easier on my mental c- capabilities because I was knowing, like, this is the last time I'm going to have to do that. I felt good. I agree. Completely. Finite. Finite. Very finite. Yep. Uh, so that concludes what we learned today, uh, but we do have a feel-good story. So during camp, we got uh, the opportunity to meet one of uh, the top executives here at St. Thomas. What's his title? 
provost. Provost. We don't know what a provost is or what a provost has does per se, um, but we do know he's second in line to the president. So it goes President Sullivan, friend of the program, and then it goes provost. So we met the provost, uh, Richard Plum. He's a mm-hmm. great guy, very humble guy. Um, you know, so he came in and uh, during camp we uh, read a book. It's called uh, Obstacle Is the Way. And uh, basically, he we everyone, he, Coach Crusoe comes in and asks people to read. And, uh, you know, Richard um, came in to us, and uh, he was, I guess he was supposed to read, right? Yeah, he, he came in to read, and we got to look here. He gave a little backstory for himself, and we got to le- learn about how humble he was. Humble! Yeah. Well, um, no, yeah, well, that was the thing. It was, he, he was going to read, and uh, he just came in and told us his story. Uh, and, and said it was, it, was, it may, may have been a little better, we don't know, uh, that was his legend statement, but anyways, just a very humble guy, he had a great story for us. And we got to learn about him, so that's our feel-good story. Yeah, fantastic. So, thank you, Richard Plum. And that concludes Camp Diaries. Take care. Take care.